Cuff Radio is about to begin. Everybody loves a hero. I believe there's a hero in all of us. Welcome to Real Cuff Radio. This is Sandra, and today is going to be our first show that we're calling Who Do You Trust? We'll have different hosts, and we'll have different guests, but each one will share miracles that have happened to them or through them from Almighty God. And today, I'm blessed to have my sister, Lynn Crow, a missionary to Mexico and the world for over 40 years. Glad you're with us, Lynn. Thank you, Sandra. I'm excited about being here. And I also have Robert Scriver, but he's my little brother, and I call him Bobby. And he's been a counselor, a pastor, among other things. And Bobby, I'm so glad you're here today. Sandra, I'm really excited about being able to share. Now, all, all three of us are going to be sharing miracles that the Lord has worked in our lives. And I'm going to start off, we all grew up in a home that always loved God. We attended a denominational church Sunday and Wednesday. Uh, we were a nice, honest, hardworking family. But I guess I'm the one that got rebellious when I was in high school. Lynn and Bobby have always followed the Lord. But after I married, I guess the church would say I was a backslidden person. Jesus no longer had any focus in my life. And if, but you, if you had asked me, were you a Christian? Well, I knew Jesus. Yes, I was a Christian because I had received him at an early age at church camp. But marriage, kids, and business moves were in our family lives. And my husband also went to a, a church, but he didn't know the Lord. And so we were prosperous. We moved uh, around as he changed companies. When I had my third son, he had already started to work for Levi Strauss in El Paso. And so I had the baby. He went on to find a home and get us started. And Kirk was a happy little healthy guy. But about the time that we moved, when he was six weeks and we got out to El Paso, we noticed that he had what we would say was colic. But he would draw his little knees up and cry sometimes day and night. So the, we, the, we found a good pediatrician, and he said, well, I need to x-ray him. And when he x-rayed Kirk, they found that uh, below his stomach going into his intestines, it was not anchored the way that it should be, however, they anchor, however the Lord put the body together. And so they said, we're going to have to do surgery to correct that, and it can be corrected. Well, that week that we went, Mother and Dad and Lynn and Bobby came out to to El Paso, and it just so happened that Kenneth Copeland was going to be the speaker at Full Gospel Businessmen. 
So Wang said, no, definitely Kirk could not go. He didn't say in front of my parents, but he said, you're not taking our son to, to that meeting. But he said, you go. Well, I wasn't too thrilled about going to a religious meeting. Our oldest son, about five, he said he would wanted to go with his grandma and grandpa. So Wang said, well, he's not going if you, unless you go with him. So I said, okay, I'll go. And the meeting, it was okay. And the spirit, which I wouldn't have recognized as the spirit, was it was a very strong spirit of God. But little Wayne went up to, uh, I remember I was sitting there on the chair, and little Wayne went up to Kenneth Copeland, and I could hear him talking. He said, my brother has something bad in my his tummy. And he said, I just, we want to, it to be well. And so Kenneth prayed with him. I'm getting tears in my eyes just thinking about it because we didn't believe in healing, never heard of healing. So we went back home, and the next week, a few days later, they left, but we went back to the doctor, and they did another x-ray to go ahead and set up the surgery. And the doctor started, he was screaming, really, a miracle, it's a miracle. He had the two x-rays side by side, and one had the, had the stomach not connected correctly to the intestines, and the other one was a perfect little body. I'm thinking, that's weird. They must have made a mistake. We did not even recognize a miracle when it was right in front of our eyes. Kirk never had a problem again didn't need to have surgery, didn't need to have anything. Went home and told Wayne, we talked about it, and we both really did think, well, they probably messed up on the extra. I don't know what we thought, but we sure didn't believe it was a miracle of God. That was an awesome miracle. And it not only Kirk heard it again and again in his life about his miracle, not too many years ago, he was working with a, a lady, and they traveled together for insurance to new clients and stuff, and she was of a different faith. And I guess whatever they were talking about, but she said, Kirk, do you think God does miracles today? And Kirk said, I am a miracle, and was able to tell her, and she had already known Kirk for months, and he was able to tell her his testimony and he said she just sat there like really thinking because she trusted Kirk and had known him for a time. But God has used that story because it was a miracle story. Even when we didn't believe it, but when we came into the fullness of the Lord and Wayne was born again and we got spirit filled and then we began to press in for miracles. Even when you, when you don't believe, sometimes God does a miracle. Lynn, uh, I want you to share the miracles that the Lord has shown you to give today. Okay, and Sandra, that's such a beautiful testimony. I've heard it before. Just to hear it again, wow. What a, it, awesome. It's brought tears to my eyes, okay? Yeah, I'm over here with tears in my eyes, too. <laughs> oh, the miracle working power of God. Oh my goodness. You could just you could just write or speak volumes of what God has done in all of our lives. But like you said, sometimes people aren't even giving God the credit for all the miracles that He has done in their lives also. And they don't recognize that sometimes daily 
God is doing, maybe it's not a healing, but maybe it's a prevention from an accident, or maybe it's an answer to prayer about finances, or maybe it's a new job or whatever, but there are so many miracles that God is doing. One thing in the New Testament that I've observed is I've uh, done my reading and studying over my life is that every time that Jesus, when it's recorded in the New Testament, every time that he saw the people and had compassion, like he would see the multitudes and he would see them hurting and with sickness and, and not knowing him, when he would see them, it said he was moved with compassion. And if you go back and check nearly every other sentence or couple sentences away, a miracle happened. He fed the 5,000. He said to the leper, be cleansed. He said to the blind man, your eyes are healed. Stretch forth your hand to the man with the withered hand. But a lot of times it said he was moved with compassion. And you know, God just works through all of us. We, Jesus tells us that we can do what he did and even greater things he says that we can do. So I want to share two different testimonies. And the first is the very first miracle that I was a part of. And what happened is that my husband and I had just married. That was nearly 50 years ago. Next year will be our 50th uh, anniversary, 50th anniversary. And so we were only married six months when this happened. My husband, who was an evangelist at the time when I married him, uh, we were going to India to uh, do crusades. And so we headed off to India. This was... Uh, in the very beginning of the six-week trip, we went to the Philippines and also to India. But while we were in India, I had eaten some very bad food, which, of course, I didn't know at the time it was bad. So I ended up getting very, very sick with my stomach and diarrhea. It was very bad. Well, they came to me, pastors of the church's local, and they said, we forgot to tell you. <laughs> they said, you're ministering tonight or this afternoon to probably two or 300 women out in the open fields in India and in, in Trivandrum. And they said, uh, you're to minister to them. And I was just in shock because I couldn't even go like two inches away from a bathroom because of the food I'd eaten. And so finally, Bobby said, look, I'm just going to have to tell him you can't go. And I said, Bobby, how can we do that when you're standing up every night declaring that God is a healer? And if, and then if these women have already come together and they say she didn't come because she was sick, I said, you will look like a fraud. You will look like we don't believe what we're preaching. And I had only been spirit-filled six months. So all of this was so new to me because, like Sandra said, we came in out of a denominational church that did not teach about any of the ministry of the Holy Spirit. I said, I'm going. So I prayed. Bobby prayed with me. And I just believed God that I would be okay. And I went. I ministered my message that God gave me. Now, like I said, I'd only been spirit-filled now six months. I wasn't used to praying for the sick. My husband, yes. He had been in the ministry for many years and as a, a spirit-filled believer before I met him. And so I went, and then I sat down after I finished the message, and they said, oh, no, you have to come back and, 
and pray for people for salvation. Well, I was very used to that. And so I went back up, prayed for people for salvation, and a few received Jesus. Most of them were church-going people, women. And then I sat down, and they said, now you have to pray for the sick. And I went, oh, my goodness, because I still did not feel good, even though God had helped me to be up there to minister. So I I, I couldn't tell them no, so I went forward, and I thought, well, maybe there's not too many people sick. Well, that was ridiculous to think that, because when you're in a foreign country, uh, there are so many people that need healing, physical healing. So I came forward, and I shared a, a scripture on healing, and then I said, how many need a healing in your body? And then they started lining up, and it was this huge line. And then I was so shocked, and, and all of this was, I had never prayed for anyone to be healed. I went to the first person, and it was a line, and I said, and what is your situation? What's your problem? What healing do you need? And she said, my arm is paralyzed on the right-hand side. I cannot move it from my side. It's like it was glued to her side. And she tried to show me, and she probably moved it an inch. And she said, so for years I've had it. Just on my side, I can't brush my hair. I can't use that arm to cook, to write. I can't do anything with that arm. I'm paralyzed with that arm and that shoulder. I was thinking to myself, the very first person in my life that I'm going to pray for to be healed is someone where you would see if they were healed. I mean, because if they walk away and their arm is still paralyzed, that means they didn't get their healing. And uh, so by faith, by faith, you know, the word says that we shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. It doesn't say that the recovering is your responsibility, but it is God's responsibility. And all your responsibility is to do is to lay hands on the sick. That's why God is trusting you to do his ministry. You are his hands here on this earth. And so when you do your part by faith, trusting him, then he will do his part. So I put my hand up on her forehead just gently, and I I prayed a simple prayer for God to heal this and to totally set her free from being paralyzed. And I said, in the name of Jesus. And when I said, in the name of Jesus, this is what happened to her. And I'm just going to uh, explain that part, what she told me. She said it was like a bolt of lightning came from heaven, hit her in the top of her head, and it shot through her body, this electricity. And it shot through my arm, uh, my hand that was still laying, uh, uh, still on her forehead. It shot through my arm, and both of us got healed. (laughs) both of us got healed she threw that arm up she was waving that arm around and she was screaming I'm healed I'm healed and I kind of felt bad about jumping around and saying I'm healed I'm healed (laughs) but I had been totally healed too I knew it it was just like electricity the healing power of God went through both of us 
And she was totally healed from that paralysis. And I was healed from my stomach and from the diarrhea, from every single thing. And I never had another problem that whole six weeks that I was there. But she invited us to her house that night to eat. And she brought in all the sick from her neighborhood for Bobby and I to pray for. Oh, the miracles of healing. The miracles of healing. And God tells us, he gives us authority over the works of the enemy. And he tells us that we can have the power to lay hands on the sick. And it's not our responsibility to do the healing. It is our responsibility to do what God has asked us to do. And by faith and trust in God, we are obedient to do what he asked us to do. I want to share one more testimony, and it wasn't with me, but we've lived in Mexico. We just started our 43rd year as missionaries, and one of the young girls that came to, that has been in our church for many, many years, when she was about 17, and I know anybody listening to this has known for many, many years the uh, cartels have been taking over Mexico, and we have had Uh, Very, very serious. In fact, in our city, it's been 10 years of violence, very, very horrible violence. And I won't tell now, but my husband was even stopped by the cartel and God literally saved him. And they were not even even to move him physically to kidnapping. Judith was one of the youth and I had a missions class and she always came to my missions class very faithful. But I noticed she never brought a notebook. She never took notes. She brought her Bible and she would open it and read the scriptures but never wrote anything down. And other the other 16 girls I had in the missions class, they all just were writing, writing, writing everything that was said about about being a missionary about having a heart for missions, all of these things, but Judith did not. Well, one day they called, the parents called us and said, start praying. She was at a friend's house, and she had a Suburban. She was driving her parents' vehicle, and she had her niece that was only about eight years old, and they were at the uh, friend's house. And when she started coming out of the friend's house with her niece to leave, the cartel was kidnapping people in the house next door, and they were kidnapping the whole family. And when they came outside, they realized they had too many people, and their vehicle was not big enough to put everybody they were kidnapping in. And so they saw her coming out, and they saw the suburban, so they kidnapped her and her niece, and and with the two vehicles, they uh, they got in. They took her vehicle, and then they followed each other out to the river, very isolated area out by our river. And then they had about twenty people kidnapped, and then they and other people, uh, other cartels from this particular cartel. They had other vehicles arrive with these people that were kidnapped, and they made them kneel in the rocks at the edge of the water and on the shoreline of this river. And if they went to sit down or fall down, they would hit him in the head with the guns. They decided to use Judith, and she's 17 years old, and she's right there with her niece, and they decided to use her as an example, and they were going to kill her. 
And so, of course, immediately when the parents called us, we got so many church people. At that time, there wasn't Facebook, but we got so many church people on the line to start praying. So everybody in our church was interceding for Judy, for her to be let go. And her parents, of course, they put the gun to her head, the main guy, and he said, now we're going to show you what we would do to anybody that is not obedient to us or does not follow the rules of what we tell you to do. And so they pulled the trigger and it, and it did not fire. And so the guy was shocked. So he puts the gun up in the air and he fires again. And this time it went off. And so then he puts a, a, a gun to her head again. Can you imagine what Judith was going through? He puts the gun to her head again, and he fires, and it did not go off. It did not fire. And so he puts it in the air again, and he fires it, and it goes off. And so he knew, he knew that this was supernatural. So he stopped, and he was in shock, and he said, no one touched this girl. No one touched this girl. And so then they took all of them to a house, but they separated the uh, knees from her. And they took them all to a house, and he gave the instructions again. No one touched this girl. And so they got in the house, and to make a long story short, they were doing horrible things to the other women that were kidnapped. She started uh, singing, singing our church songs. And they didn't tell her to stop. And she kept singing and singing. And she, she taught them the church songs. And they started all learning the church songs and singing while they were together. There was about 20 of them in one room. She told the, the man, I want my niece back here with me. And so they went and found her wherever she was, wherever they had her. They went and got her and brought her back to her. And then she just kept her in her arms the whole time. And so then they brought her a Bible, the bad guys. They brought her a Bible because she was singing all these church songs. And so the head guy would leave. And when the head guy would leave, she would start going through and teaching. And she said, Lynn, every, everything you taught us in the missions class, even though this wasn't a missions class, but she said, I remembered all of that started coming back to me and where they were found, even the scriptures where they were found. And she started teaching these people in this room. And then she led them. She taught them all night long. No one slept all night long. And in the morning, she uh, led them in the sinner's prayer. And there was, there was some Christians in there, but the rest of them were not. And they received Jesus into their heart. And then the guys came to her when the boss was gone, and they said, we want to know this Jesus. So she said, take off all your occult jewelry and hand it to me. And she put it under the bed, and then she prayed with them and led them in the sinner's prayer. And they all said, we want to get out of this this um, cartel that we're in, but if we get out, they'll kill us and they'll kill our families. And it was like they were trapped, and they didn't want to be in there. But she prayed for them, and then they, they all received Jesus Christ into their heart. And then they told her, we're going to let you go. And she's, here she is, 17. And she said, I'm not leaving until you let everybody go. I won't go unless everybody goes. And so it took another day and a half. But they let everybody all go together because of Judith and because of prayers. Because of prayers. What a miracle. What a miracle. And she's continued in mission. She's so active in our church. And she travels all across Mexico, going to village and preaching the gospel. But the miracle working power of God, but prayer when the church prays, when you pray, 
you that are listening to this, when you pray, the power of God is extended to this situation, and God's word will not return void. So I love miracles, and I love them to see them happen, not only in my life, but also in the life of other people. But Bobby's going to share things also, so I want to give him plenty of time for him to share about miracles also. Thank you, Lynn. I just uh, wanted to say or share a couple of testimonies uh, about miracles that I have seen take place in in my life. I used to think that miracles were like what Jesus did, uh, walking on the water uh, and the miracle of the Red Sea where the Red Sea was parted. I didn't know that uh, you could have miracles uh, in your own life, but as I walked with the Lord, uh, he showed me that uh, there are miracles that can be take place in your life. Uh, just by being obedient, let me share one with you. I was going home from lunch are going home to lunch, and uh, I was driving down the road. It was the middle of August. It was very hot, about 97, 98 degrees. Uh, humidity was very high. And I see this man uh, in a, had a nice suit on. He was limping. He was walking with a briefcase. And I drove by him, and I was thinking, wow, he must be really hot. And, and the Lord spoke to my heart, and he said, go pick him up. And not being as wise back then, I said, Lord, I'm going to lunch. And the Lord graciously said to me again, go pick him up. And so I knew that was what I was supposed to do. So I went around, I turned around, and I went back and uh, I asked him if he would like a ride, and he said, yes, he would. And so I said, where do you work? And uh, he said, I'm going to Planned Parenthood where I work. And it was about three blocks away, um, but he was so thankful to have a, uh, a ride on that hot day. So I took him. We drove into uh, the parking lot, parking lot and uh, I had a brief prayer with him, and uh, when the prayer was done, yeah, he was so thankful and said thank you, and he got out of the car, and uh, I went on my way. I went and got lunch, didn't miss anything, and I uh, never thought about him again. Uh, and then one day, it was about three years later, I was sitting in my office, and uh the phone rings, and I introduced myself, and uh, when I got through my little introduction of answering the phone, he said, are you the counselor or the guy that picked me up uh, about three years ago on the side of the road and took me to my work? And I said, I thought about it, and I thought, yeah, I remember doing that. He said, well, I'm calling you to let you know what happened in that three-year period. He said, as I was walking down the street, I was crying out to God, are you real? Do you exist? Do you love me? Are you there? And he was crying out to God, all of these questions. And, and so he said, because you picked me up, gave me a ride and had a brief prayer. He said, I knew that God was real and he did hear my prayers and he was concerned about me. He said, so 
what led up to that was that I was an alcoholic. Uh, my kids hated me. Uh, my wife was divorcing me. I hated my job. Uh, there was nothing that I felt was going right in my life. And, but he said, since then, since that time that you picked me up and prayed for me, he said, for the, about the last year and a half, he said, I, I have not had a drink. He said, I, my kids love me again. I am reconciling with my wife. I have a new job. And all of that took place. That miracle happened uh, because I was obedient in a very small thing. And he added, he said, yeah, he said, I've been trying to get a hold of you. You're the third person that I've talked to today, but the Lord wanted me to know what happened because of what you did. Uh, there was another miracle that took place. I uh, work at a, um, a Christian ministry, and there was a co-worker. She was uh, not looking very well that day. I saw her and was talking to her, and I said, is there something going on? What's, what's wrong? And she said, yes. She said, in the last year, I, she said, I have MS. In the last year, I have not been able to sleep at night without medication. I'm in constant pain all the time. She said, I'm always exhausted. And, and she told me, and uh, she had to go back to work, and why, and I just really felt concerned, and uh, I was really wanting to, to pray with her, but didn't have the opportunity to, but uh, we came to a part of our day when we had prayer, and so everybody in the department was praying, and uh, I went and found a, another person to go with me, and we went over to this lady, and she was uh, praying, and we prayed silent, silently. We prayed. We put our hands uh, and just uh, placed them on her shoulder, and for about five minutes, uh, the Lord just uh, we prayed silently, and we just asked for healing and, and peace and rest. And uh, when the prayer time was up, we all went back to our places, and nothing was ever said or, or mentioned at that point. About three days later, I saw her again, and I said, how are you doing? And she said, oh, she said, I've been wanting to tell you. She said, I went home that night, and for the first time in a year, I slept without any medication. And she said, I am completely healed of the EMS that was in my body that caused the pain. And I, I am no longer having that issue. And this was just a miracle of God. This is something that he did, uh, again, just by being obedient and uh, doing that what he uh, asked me to do. And so even today when I see her, she smiles and, and will say, I'm still healed because what God does, he always does permanently. And so um, two miracles that have taken place. And I'm so thankful to be able to share that with you today. There is another miracle uh, that always takes place, and this is the ability for God to change the heart. I have, as a uh, counselor, I have seen God heal uh, the sexually abused. I have seen God heal 
the drug the drug addict. Uh, I have seen God deal with anger and and the past, and I've seen Him taken away the anger in the heart. I've seen God heal the fear that deals with our future. Uh, and God has filled the hearts with uh, with His love, and God wants to change the heart and to heal it and to make it whole again so that we can walk with him on a day-to-day basis. And it is uh, one of the greatest miracles that he performs is just healing our heart from our hurts, our pains, our fears uh, for tomorrow and anything that we have experiences experience that brings uh, damage into our hearts. And so if you have never in your life experienced uh, the love of Christ in that way, where he can do a miracle in your heart, uh, let me just pray with you. And so this is how we're going to pray. We're going to come to the Lord Jesus. We're just going to say, Heavenly Father, I ask forgiveness of my sins. Uh, I have sinned against you, and I no longer want to do that. And today, I'm going to uh, exchange my life for years. I'm going to give you my heart, and you do your miracle within me. I know you will forgive my sins. I know that you will uh, set me on a new life. I know that you will give me your eternal life. And, uh, And so... If that is what you want, you can pray this real simple prayer. Uh, Please forgive my sins. I believe in my heart, uh, with all my heart, that you came to and give me eternal life. And I accept you into my heart today. And I thank you that you're there and I'll have eternal life. And I'm confessing it before before God uh, that I have received uh, the Lord Jesus into my heart. And so for those of you that know the Lord Jesus already, but you have hurts in your heart, you come to him and he will uh, begin to bring that, bring that healing into you uh, as you surrender to him and uh, give that to him. He'll take away the pain. He'll take away the hurts. And what he gives you in return is his love, his peace, and his joy. So thank you for letting me share that with you today. And God is true to his word. It will take place if you come to him. That's a wrap. 